You guys ready for God's word? Yes. I am itching to give you the word that God's got for us today. Um, we are in week two of a new series that we called Here to There. And so if you're wondering what's up with the map pins that you see out front and here on the platform are these little dotted lines that are going around the church, um, we're just trying to kind of make a statement to you that in a season where it's been difficult for people to get untracked, we as Pathway Church are moving forward. We're not sitting back. We're not staying still. We're going to move forward and grow in our journey with Jesus, right? Yes. Last week, I mentioned three tools that we're going to use throughout this series that we're going to refer to on our journey to grow in relationship with Jesus. The first tool I mentioned to you, we took our next steps that you guys are all familiar, uh, familiar with. We talk about next steps all the time here, about taking your next step with Jesus. And we organize them into something called the next steps path. And it's just a roadmap for, to give you a guide to know what are some steps I could take and what are some things that I can do to grow in my relationship to God. And so I want to review that with you real quick. Pay attention to our screens. Each of our lives are journeys. Every day we make decisions that will shape who we will become. Our faith is that way too. This journey of following Jesus happens step by step. While we know that journey will look differently for everyone, we have created what we call the next steps path. This is not a comprehensive map, but a guide. And we are here to help you every step of the way. Through its nine steps, its only goal is to answer our favorite question. What's your next step? Let's start at the beginning. Start Here includes the foundational steps in your journey to follow Jesus fully. It includes salvation, water baptism, developing a daily devotional, and inviting someone. Each of these are steps you can take today and every weekend at Pathway. Get Connected is where the fun happens. Whether you are brand new to church, have been following Jesus forever, or looking for something different, there is a way for you to get connected at Pathway through our worship, prayer, student, and kids' experiences. There is something for everyone. The best way to discover more about our church, our vision, and your place in it is by attending First Step. We know that God has made you on purpose for a purpose. At First Step, you will discover our story, your giftings, and your place in our mission of connecting people to purpose. Next, our value Be Generous is up. Start giving, live generously, and discover your financial next steps. We believe that when you give, you are making a difference in someone's life, and we believe there is no better investment. But we're not done yet. We know that life is better together, and that's why we want everyone to get into a life group. Your community has the potential to change your life forever. Discover our life groups and find your crew today. This is where another one of our values comes into play. We believe that saved people serve people, and we bring that vision to life by joining a serve team. Whether you are handing out high fives at the door or hosting an online experience, we're committed to helping you find a way to serve that best fits you. But there's more to this journey. We all have things from our past that need to be settled for good so that we can live our best life. That's why we want to help you live free. Through our annual Freedom Conference and Freedom-Focused Life Groups, our hope is to help you move past the past you have known and to follow Jesus into your future. Now get ready, because now is your time to shine. We believe that there is leadership potential in every person, and we know that God wants to use that leadership to expand His kingdom at Pathway and beyond. Become a leader at Pathway and help us bring this vision to life. And last is our favorite question. What's your next step? We want everyone to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. We believe that journey doesn't have a finish line, but is made up of daily decisions, devotions, and actions. Ready to take your next step today? Head over to mypathway.church and click Next Steps Path to discover more and take your next step today. All right. 
we are a church on a journey. And we're all taking next steps. We have next steps as a church that we take together. We have next steps individually that we always want to challenge you guys to take. And so my challenge to you today, once again, is to find a step to take. And let's take it. So this tool that we're talking about, the next steps path, is just a, it's a way to put wheels under the bus to get things going. It's a way to, to take a look at what's ahead of you, what you can do, and where you can start. And so the goal is to grow closer to Jesus and to look more like him, right? Um, so that's, that's the tool we're going to use. And so keep that in mind as we go through our, our time today. The second tool that I mentioned last week that we're using is, is a survey called the Reveal Spiritual Life Survey. And what we talked about, what there, there is, uh, there was a survey that was done that took a thousand churches, a thousand American churches, of all shapes and sizes. So churches from mega churches to smaller denominational churches like I grew up in, of 50, 60 people, all kind of places in between. And it surveyed a quarter of a million people, 250,000 people. Everybody remember that? Yeah. All of those 250,000 people fell into one of four groups. And that's kind of what we started talking about last week. So looking at where we started, we talked about exploring God. These are people we talked about that were learning about God. They're learning about him. They're getting to know him. I mentioned that we have these people in our services every single weekend, that they're exploring Jesus. They're wanting to know more about him. They're wanting to know what, what it means to follow him before they make that all-important decision. And we welcome that. That's a part of our culture that, that has been a part since day one, is making a place, a safe place for people to come explore Jesus. Then we talked about the second group of people beginning in God. And we talked about what it takes to get, uh, get there in terms of movement. So in this survey, there were four groups of people and there were three movements, three truths, three core truths that were seen among this quarter of a million people and these 1,000 churches. What were the catalysts? The catalyst for this Exploring God group was grace, God's grace, nothing but God's grace. It wasn't works, right? We talked about that. And once we receive God's grace, we receive his salvation through grace in faith, right? Then from here, we begin to explore him and, and, and further our faith, look, taking next steps. We grow in him. We begin uh, exploring the relationship with God. So we go from learning about to relating to, right? So now we've accepted Christ and we're growing. Then last week we talked about from beginning in God to getting close to God. And there was a movement associated with that. It was the acceptance of a core truth called God's word. And we're going to spend a lot more time on this today. But just in the, the ebb and flow of this progression, keep in mind, we're going to relate this to our parable here in a second. As we grow in faith, as we grow in relationship in Jesus, we have to receive the revelations of these truths. These are the things, these are the catalysts that helped us go deeper and closer in our relationship with Jesus as we grow. So remember we talked about this is a growth continuum, right? It's a growth progression. So we have to receive God's grace through faith. Then we have to, as we begin in God, we have to decide if the word of God, if this word is God's final authority, right. we have to decide that. It's something, and these people that went from beginning in God 
to close to God, from relating to, to looking like, to becoming disciples of, made this declaration. And this is where we're spending our time today, is going to be in walking out and looking at what it looks like. What does it look like to make God's word the final authority in my life? Um, We'll cover next week the next jump, but just to mention it, again, these are three core truths, the things that caused the movement, the things that caused the growth, ultimately moving from close to God or looking like Jesus to lost in Jesus, God-centered, from close to God to God-centered. It was a revelation of giving my life away to him. And if you remember, I used an example of my, my wife and I's relationship how early on I got to know a little bit about her, right? Then there was a day where we became friends and we talked a little bit more, got to know each other a little bit more. Then there was a day that we became best friends and we spent every waking moment talking to each other. You know, I know none of you guys know anything about this, right? Um, those, those phone conversations at night where you hear yourself breathing at some point, um, and you wake up at 3 a.m. wondering who hung up first, right? Um, that was us here at Best Friends. And there was a day where I laid my life down for her, where I asked her to be my wife, and I laid my life down for her. So if that helps you, that helped me. But one thing I want you to remember, we talked about last week too, is that this is not a chronology, right? So if you've been saved for 47 years, you know, dear saint, you aren't just here by <laughs> proxy, right? We talked about, you know, you can, it is totally possible to be 47 years a veteran of church and be saved and be literally right here just on the other side of the cross. To advance no further in my faith than a 47-year-old pew would advance because they've been in church too, right? So, ouch. Well, that was hard, wasn't it? Uh, where'd that come from? But... But understand, growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. We have to take steps. We have to choose to grow. It's not enough to accept God's grace, even though that is the first thing we have to do. But then it doesn't become works. It doesn't become everything that I do, earning me a place. This is always the end-all, be-all. This is where it starts and ends. Because then we move and grow by revelation, by acceptance of his truth in us. And, by, and the things that we do come as an outflow of our love for him. We were just talking about seeking the face of God. We're seeking relationship with him, not a genie in a bottle, right? Amen. Amen. That's right. Um, there's the three movements that I, I spoke to. The, the one that we're going to spend all of our time today on is God's word. And there's a whole lot to unpack here, so we're going to jump right into it. The third tool that I mentioned we're going to use every week is from Mark chapter 4. And so let's go right to God's word. I want to remind you of one core truth that we talked about last week that's instrumental in you understanding this whole series is this. Remember, we talked about the parable of the four soils. What did we say? These were not three bad groups of people and one good group of people. This is for good groups of people with one common enemy. It is essential that you get this. Because if if, if you don't, you end up over here looking back at these people in judgment. 
Or maybe you're not over here, but you're still looking at them in judgment. Because this is a, just like we're talking about here, this is a growth continuum. We all start here. You've you got to see that for this to make any sense at all. All right? Let's read that parable together in Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened that as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside. Remember, that's our exploring God group. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, and that's our beginning in God group where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. That's our close to God group. And the thorns grew up and choked it out and yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground. That's our God-centered group. And yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And he said to them, he who has ears, let them hear. Remember we talked last week, that's not natural ears. There weren't a bunch of people walking around without physical ears on their head. He was making a point to open our spiritual ears to hear the truth. The only way to hear God's truth is with our spiritual ears attuned. Continuing in verse 13, as my iPad flipped to the very bottom of the message, that would be the shortest message ever. Um, <laughs> what are you saying, June? Uh, we'll talk after service, okay? All right. <laughs> Verse 13. When he was alone with them, remember, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? We talked about this parable being paramount and being of the utmost importance. God made a, Jesus rather, made a point to say to his disciples here, guys, if you don't understand this parable, I don't know that you'll be able to understand any of the, any of the rest of them. This one was of utmost importance. We have to understand this parable to be able to relate to the heart of God for the people of God, for the people that he was called to, to minister to, that we're called to minister to. Do you see that? Verse 15, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Then likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root. Remember, we're talking about four good groups of people. These guys received it with gladness. Okay, They received it with gladness. They had no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter in. How many of you have been in this seat before? Every single one of us can raise our hands because the enemy has choked out or deceived us at times from receiving the word, every one of us, um, and chokes out the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, 60, some 100 fold. Jesus gave us this teaching, it was the most important, that shows us where we are and some keys to getting to the next step. So keep in mind as we go through this today, we're talking about these people, 
these groups of people in relationship to how we grow in our relationship with Jesus, how we grow closer to him in relationship. Um, the series title is Here to There. Last week, we talked about uh, where am I? Because we said that to, to know where we're going or how to get there, we first have to know where we are, right? We have to, we have to get that settled. We have to figure out where we are before we can make any plans about where we're going. Then this week's message is going to be, which way do I go? Which way do I go? So remember my analogy of kind of using the theme park, right? Going to Disney. How many ever been to Six Flags or Disney? All right, all of us at some point, hopefully, have shared in that joy. Um, <laughs> or Astro World back in the day, if, if you're old enough to remember that. But uh, when you walk into the park, there's a map that says that you find that says you are here, right? And whether you see a physical map like at Six Flags or you see one electronically, if you go to Disney World, we got to do that with our kids a few years ago. What you first have to find is where am I? Then once you locate that, again, the challenge for you in this series, one of the challenges is to find where are you? Where am I? And be honest with yourself about it because we can't get where we're going if we don't know where we are. Do you see that? Um, but which way do we go? So now I know where I am, so I've got to figure out, okay, if I'm going to get to Cinderella's Castle from the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, I've got to figure out which way do I go. And what we're talking about today is, again, God's word. It's our map, right? It's the map that we're using to get where we're going to go. We, don't, we can't get anywhere if we don't go by God's word, if we don't go by his map. Amen? All right, so we're going to pray as we start. Again, I have a prayer I want us to pray every week together this series from Proverbs chapter 30. It's something I pray often. Um, but I want the message of this verse as we pray it to prepare your heart to receive what God has for you in truth today, the truth of his word. So just repeat after me, if you will, Proverbs chapter 30. God, there are two things I'm asking. Empty out of my heart everything that's false. Every lie, every lie and every crooked thing. Every crooked thing. And give me neither undue poverty, nor undue wealth, but rather feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we pick up in the message today, I felt really burdened by, by Lord, the Lord this week in my prayer time to address a question that I felt like was worthy of a little bit of our, our time this morning. And that question is maybe, maybe more specifically even to this group, but I think it could apply to many of us, is why do I even need or want a relationship with Jesus? Like why, why do I want a better relationship with him? Why would that be important? And the popular answer that, that most of us you know, kind of start with is, well, I want to go to heaven. And I think that's a great reason, <laughs> okay? All right, how many want to go to heaven in this room? Yes. Amen. Um, but that's, that's out. Yeah, it's fire insurance. Thank you, Manny. That's fire insurance. God has a plan for us in the middle. Yeah. And the enemy doesn't want us to embrace that calling. He doesn't want us to embrace our purpose. He wants us to be content 
just to, to sit, right? But the challenge that I'm giving you today is as we talk about growing in our relationship, and we're talking about why a relationship with Jesus is important, we have to reconcile what, what, what's the message of Jesus to us, right? So look at John 10, 10. It's a quick way to kind of reference that. It also ties in very well with what we're talking about again today. And this is Jesus talking. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. We're talking about seed, the, the, the word of God. In all of our lives, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, that they may have it to the fullest. So what's Jesus saying there? He's saying that in the middle here, we're going to have a full life. We're going to have a wonderful life in heaven. But in the meantime, when he's talking about living life abundantly here, what he's talking about is us having peace, receiving his grace walking in joy. And I can tell you, like I mentioned last week, when I was running from God, I had no peace. And, and peace isn't stuff. And it's not money. Trust me. You can have all of that and have zero peace. You can have negative peace. Right? But a life in God, a full life in Jesus, it's his provision for us. It's what we just prayed for, his prosperity. What, does that look, what, is, what do we need? What does our soul need? Because we want his peace. We want his joy, yeah. right? We want his love. And a relationship with Jesus, why that's important is because it goes way beyond making it to heaven one day. Because chances are, if you're in this room, you're, you're on your way there. But what do we do in the meantime, right? So... Let's look at back at our growth map. We're talking about today beginning in God and moving closer to God. How do we do that? Remember that survey, this was a truth that was revealed in the survey that's also revealed in the word of God. We have to have a revelation that God's word is the final authority, that God's word is the map. Which way do I go? I go here. I go here. I go here to look, right? So Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word lights our path. It gives us the direction. Without that, we wander aimlessly. Kind of like these dotted lines, they kind of swirl around. Without the lamp of the word, the light of the word, we wander. And we wander off course. Um, if you look at the soils that we're talking about in this parable, there was, you notice something was set against the seed in all these soils except for the last one. There was something set against the seed. Um, what determines our growth? The seed. We have to receive the seed into the soil to get the revelation of God's truth. And what is the enemy constantly trying to do? <laughs> He's trying to get the seed. What we have that we're talking about today is a war on the seed, right? There's a war on our seed. We have to keep him from stealing our seed. Um, we have to receive the word. Remember, we're not talking about bad people, guys. These are all good people. But there is an enemy that has an assignment. His assignment is seed stealing. Or if it starts to come up, choking it out. Right? 
or burning it up, anything he can do. And we have a God who's doing what? By grace, this is what God's doing all the time. God's always, no matter where you are on this journey, he's always got seed. He's throwing grace. He's throwing grace. He's throwing grace. But we have, this is my burden for you today. Understand there is a battle for the seed. And we have to be wary of it. We have to be paying attention. Because he's, the enemy has a very strategic plan. And nothing happens by coincidence. So let's partner with God on this deal, right? So let's look at, the, the thing I want you to hear today, the statement I wanna, I wanna make in this moment is if the word of God isn't all that important or necessary, why is the Lord working so hard to get it to us while the devil's so, working so hard to keep it from us? There must be something in the seed, right? It's the truth of God's word. It's how we grow. If we don't have God's word, if we don't have the seed of God's word in our heart growing deep in our heart, we can't grow in our relationship with him. So truth number one, I have two truths for you today. Truth number one is in three ways. There's three ways that Satan steals the word. There's three ways that Satan steals the seed. Truth number one. No, I wasn't on you version. Um, distraction. Let's be honest. How many of us have trouble with this device as it relates to being distracted? Every one of us. OK, I'm going to answer that question for you. <laughs> and don't hear condemnation from me. But let's be honest, OK? If we know, especially in a church setting like today, that I'm throwing seed. I'm throwing God's word. I'm throwing grace. Oh, I got a notification that somebody pulled up in my driveway. I wonder who that is. Um, got a text message from Jimmy Jack. We got a, we're going to Roadhouse after here. I got a text from my boss. I better answer that real quick. Oh, look at those emails. And then 10 minutes later, you have no clue what I said. The truth went... Here, and then the birds of the air. The, the birds in the air in the Bible, if you understand Bible symbology, yes. symbolism, is it speaks to demonic forces, demonic influence. Birds of the air, Satan was the, the prince of the air, right? He sends his little you know, demons in here to pick the seed out. And so as you were looking at that Instagram post or as you were responding to that text message, you missed the truth, you miss the truth of the word. And we all deal with it. But let's understand what the enemy's trying to do. And let's work against it. Which is when we come into God's house or when we're in a Bible study or at life group or we're listening to a, a God, you know, a Holy Spirit, God, you know, God's word inspired podcast, let's turn the distractions off. Because we need we have to the only way to receive the truth of what God has is to be dialed in and be attentive to what he's saying, to the, the truth of God's word, right? Um, when I was in church growing up, um, I didn't have cell phones to be distracted by, so I took offering envelopes, and I would, how many of you are with me? <laughs> okay. 
All right, I would dismantle them, and I would draw on them, and I would make paper airplanes out of them. And then when I ran out of space on that, I would ask my mom, hey, mom, can I go to drink of water? Hey, mom, can I go get a drink of water? Hey, mom, can I go to drink of water? Can I go to the bathroom? Hey, mom, can I go to the bathroom? Right? Distractions come in all shapes and sizes. The point is, you have to be mindful, and you have to pay attention. If you're going to make all the effort to come into God's house and hear his word, then hear his word, right? And understand that you have an enemy of your soul that will find a way to get every possible notification in front of you possible to distract you from hearing the seed of God's word and getting the truth of God and revelation in your life, right? Second one's delay, delay. Let's look at Acts chapter 24, verse 24. It says, and after some days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, God bless her, um, I hope no one in here is named Drusilla, please. Uh, I don't know what you'd go by. Uh, no. Uh, he sent for Paul. Yeah, true. He sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Guess what? At that point in the story, Felix had had Paul in prison with him for two years. He had heard the message of the cross for two years. And one more time, he gets to this moment and he says, I hear you, Paul, but when it's more convenient, I'll, I'll hear you again. And here is a prophetic word for some people in this room today that I felt yesterday as I prayed over the sanctuary. There are some of you that have been putting it off and you've been putting it off and you've been putting it off and you're like, I'll hear you again, God. Like, you mean to. Like, I will. Like, I'm going to, God. It's not today because I got to get finished with school. I got to get this promotion lined up. I got to get to this place financially. I got to get in this relationship or out of this relationship or whatever the case may be. What God's saying to you today, listen to me. Listen to me. You can't delay. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's not, that's not a threat. Don't hear that. We just never know. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. But what we do know is we have a God who loves us and gives us opportunities like these today to make decisions for him. And you're in this room by divine appointment. You've been delaying and you've been meaning to. You've been holding God at bay like, yeah, next time, next time I will, next time. We don't know if there will be a next time. Hear what God's saying to you today. Today you're going to make the decision to step forward. Today you're going to make the decision to say yes. Today you're going to make the decision to quit procrastinating and quit putting it off Yeah, and receive God's truth today. Today is the day of salvation. For Felix, that time never came. We don't see it in the word. We don't know. I hope that somewhere down the line he did, but literally after that, there was a change in government, and he was gone, and the next guy came in. So we don't know. Today is the day. The third one is deception. And I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to have to explain it, but stay with me, okay? Will everybody stay with me? Don't be distracted, <laughs> all right? Don't delay. Don't delay. 
Isaiah 4, verse 1. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. And you may be thinking, what in the world did he just read? Seven women taking hold of one man. That sounds bad for both sides. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a bad day for everybody. <laughs> Let me explain, okay? <laughs> Let me explain. Um, this is another place. This is Isaiah prophesying about the end times, okay? This is Isaiah. I want you to hear me. Deception's what we're talking about, okay? In the end times, a lot of times in the word, when, when the symbol, symbolically women were connected to churches, so churches were called women or interchangeably. It talks about that, I think, in Revelation 7, the, the churches. Um, he also uses women as referring to the bride of Christ, the church. So uh, then you have uh, many times in the Bible, um, the new man or Adam or the man refers to Jesus. There's a connection there, the correlation there. Um, when we talk about righteousness, many times it's referred to as a robe, right? The robe of righteousness. Um, then I want you to look at this through a little bit of a different lens now. If you're thinking about this prophetically to the time that we are now living in, all right? In that day, seven women, seven churches will take hold of one man, Jesus, saying, we'll eat our own food. In other words, I'll take in what I want to take in. I'll feed myself. I'll, I'll take what truth I want to take. I'll, I'll take selectively what's palatable for me. And wear our own apparel. In other words, instead of wearing your robe of righteousness, Lord, we're going to put on our own robe, yeah. my own apparel. But let us be called by your name. We want to be called Christians. We want to be called by your name to take away our reproach. Can you see that in the day we live in? What's happening? They're taking God's word and they're picking through it and they're deciding, I like that part. We'll eat that part. We'll, nope, not that one. Mm -mm. That, that one's okay. That one, we'll see. They're... Look at it, seven churches clinging to Jesus, but saying, we're going to eat our own food, we're going to put on our own righteousness, which God's pretty clear about what that looks like, right? It's filthy rags. And let us be called by your name. And what we're, the point I'm trying to make here for all of us in this point is deception, that we can be easily deceived that we can sit in a service like this and we can say things like, well, that doesn't really apply to me. You know, Pastor Mark, I'm really beyond that. Like, that, that doesn't really, that's not where I am, right? So many people today want to be called by the name of God, but they want to do it their own way. And it just doesn't work that way, guys. There is one way. He is the way. The way, the truth, and the life. This is our roadmap, all of it, from table of contents to maps and all points in between. If you decide to do it your own way, you will never grow. You'll camp out here, and can you be a Christian? Can you make it to heaven? 
Maybe. I'm not taking that gamble. I want to grow. I want all that God has for me. I don't want to just barely make it in. I like to err on the high side, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want to be right there. We'll see if that works. How much of Jesus can I get and still make heaven? Uh Uh-uh. I want to be all the way over here, like wherever that is, right? Anybody with me? All right, let's do it. Whew, that's good. Truth number two. Uh, we talked about Satan steals the word, God sows the word. God sows the word. Satan steals, distracts, chokes out. God's just sowing. Sows the word. John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. So I will look like Jesus, right? I want, I want to look like him. But I ha- how do I do that? Word of God. If I don't apply the roadmap of the word of God to my life, I can't grow. And what, what, what's said about things that aren't growing? They're dying. If we don't grow, we die. There's no such thing as, as sitting still. If you're an organic being, plant, whatever, yeah. if you are not growing, you are dying. That's right. We can't sit still, can we then? All right. God sows the word, so this is how we receive it. This is how we accept the word of God. We have to hear it. We have to set aside time. We have to go to church. We have to listen to a, a Bible-inspired podcast. We have to apply ourselves. We have to read and pray. We have to do our devotional every day, and not just as a form or a ritual. And let me tell you what that looks like. You know, we, I know I have this on my phone now with the last app update. I have this little thing at the top that tells me how much time I use on all my little apps and how much time I'm on my phone. Anybody else have that? Okay. If you want to be real with yourself, look at how much time that you use, for instance, Instagram or Facebook, and then how much time that you're on version. Um, I'm, again, I'm not condemning, all right? Don't hear that. Analysis. If I'm spending four and a half hours on social media, but seven and a half minutes on version, then something's out of balance, all right? Something's out of balance. I got to hear the word. I can't tell you how many times I've had people legitimately come to me in earnest, like, I can't hear the voice of God. Like, pastor, how do you hear, how do you hear it? Well, do you read your Bible? Ah, well, sometimes. I don't really understand it. Okay, well, how, but are you, are you reading it? Well, sometimes. You know, every, once every, you know, a couple of weeks or so. Okay? How much time do you spend praying? Or, or, or just listening? And again, I've been there. Yeah. So, like, I'm not, we've all been there, right? Can we be honest? Yeah. All right, but if we're gonna, if we're gonna hear the word and do something with it, we got to make the time. And the way that God speaks is here, right? And I talked about paraclete last week. It's the Holy Spirit who comes alongside us on earth. We read, he, he enlightens. I've been in seasons of my life where I was frustrated because I couldn't understand what was going on in the Word. And what was happening is I was reading with this, and I wasn't reading with this, right? 
When you read through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, you see it. Things I never saw. The last two messages I preached before this series, those were God revelations that he gave me that I, I never would have gotten on my own if I didn't have the Holy Spirit with me. I wouldn't. But he does that for all of us. It's available for all of us. <laughs> you guys are like, you're meddling now, Pastor Mark. <laughs> Ethel, get your purse. <laughs> Can I borrow that, Pastor? Is that okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> second is believe it. You have to accept the truth. It's not enough just to hear it. You got to believe this is the final authority. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away, right? We have to believe it. The third is hide it. We have to hide it. Psalms 119, verse 10 says, with my whole heart, we're talking about the heart, our soil, right? With my whole heart, I've sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The only word that isn't stolen is the word or the seed that's hidden deep in my heart, that's hidden deep in my soil. What does that look like to hide it? This is that part that requires a little patience because it's not just enough to read it. We have to meditate on it. Yeah. What does that look like? That's a fancy word for think about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Apply it. Look, what does that look like in my life? And I can tell you from someone who, this is, this is something you would have heard me say a lot. You can ask my wife. I have a terrible memory, right? And so I made that my excuse for not memorizing the Bible until about three months ago. And I finally said, you know what, God? I have a sticky memory. Yeah. I have a really good memory. I have an amazing memory. And so what I started doing was just in my truck. This is just practical help. It's free. Just take it. Here's some seed, all right? <laughs> I printed out some verses that I wanted to memorize, and I put them in my truck just below my radio, and they sit there. And I've just been memorizing them one by one. And guess what? God gives me opportunities to use those scriptures all the time, some of them with you, some of them from up here. But what did I have to do? I had to make it a priority. It's not hard. It's not complicated. I aspire to be like my dad, who can quote the Christmas story from memory and many other chapters of the Bible. But he's spent, he and my mom both have spent a lifetime in the word, memorizing the word, hiding it in their heart. My challenge to you is don't make the excuses I made. Well, my, it's hard. <laughs> right? Anybody guilty of that? Moment of honesty? All right, here's what we're going to do. Do what I did. Take one, like, if it's a John 11.35, Jesus wept. Start somewhere. <laughs> Memorize a scripture and then go to a little bit longer one, okay? But start somewhere. Let's do it, all right? We got to hide it in our heart. So what do we see in this parable? Satan steals, God sows. Satan steals, God sows. We got to protect the soil, right? Um, we got to partner with God's, God's team, all right, as I wrap up our time, here's, here's a truth. Listen to me. Don't be distracted. If, if you didn't hear anything else I said today, this is what I want you to get, okay? Please put down the phones, whatever else you may need to do. Listen to this. This is truth. It's a seed. It's truth you need to hear. Hearing God's word 
is not just about reading this book. John 5.37, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And the Father himself who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you. I'll come back to that. Because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures for in them, in the scriptures, you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, being the scriptures. But you are not willing to come to me so that you may have life. I want you to pay close attention to what he says here to the Pharisees. You do not have his word abiding in you. If you understand the Pharisees and their culture, here's what you would have to understand. At two years old, they would take the Torah and they would roll it up and they would put honey on it. And as a two-year-old, they would have you lick that. Does that sound weird? It, but what, this is what they were doing symbolically. They were saying from Psalms 119.103, God, your words are sweeter than honey to my mouth. They wanted their child's first memories was to be the sweet taste of God's word. At the age of four, they would have been memorizing Leviticus. Can you even imagine? And if none of you have read Leviticus, take a quick gander because it's not four-year-old material, <laughs> okay? As a 12-year-old, you would have been memorizing Genesis through Deuteronomy. And as a teenager, you would have, I'm talking memorizing, not getting the gist of it. I'm talking about memorizing it. You would have been memorizing Psalms and Proverbs. Yet Jesus says to the Pharisees, you do not have his word abiding in you. But they memorized it. That don't mean nothing. Because if you, it's not enough to read the word of God. You have to know the God of the word. Right. It's about his word and his word. It's the word of God, the Bible, that brings us into relationship with the God of the word. It's in that that Jesus kind of becomes the conduit or the way that brings the Bible to life. Again, the Pharisees memorized it, and they had the Messiah across from them. Totally missed it. So it can't just be reading my YouVersion app for eight minutes in the morning and going about my day. I have to read it, and I have to listen to the God of the Bible. I have, it, it, guys, it's simple, but it's so hard for us because we're not patient people, are we? What is it going to cost? Some time doing other things. In my life, it's meant losing a little bit of sleep. It's meant not watching some of the things I used to watch. It's meant being very, very intentional about how I set up my day because the enemy will find everything he can do to distract and to choke out. He is intentional in his plan. You have to be intentional in yours. Keep this picture in mind. The Pharisees brought the woman in adultery out to do what? To kill her. The very woman that Jesus himself wanted to save. 
What does the law by itself do? Death. What does the law with Jesus do? Life. It's just that simple. If you're relating to the word without relating to him, you're open to error. In other words, you're off the map. If you're relating to God without the word, then you're off the map. You have to have both. You have to relate to him, the word of God, and relate to him, the God of the word. You got to have them both. Go ahead and stand with me as we close. The message title today is, Which Way Do I Go? Which Way Do I Go? I'm here to tell you that this book has the answer. But beyond this book, it's the God of the book that spoke the book that you need with you every day to show you, to guide you, to lead you, to speak to you. Amen? Here's my challenge to you. Make his word your final authority. Why? Because we want to grow. Guys, we got to choose to grow. We have to choose to grow, which means we got to get God's word in us. So what does that look like? If you're not reading the word now, what it doesn't look like is reading four chapters a day. Start somewhere. Because what happens if you're anything like me is I would get convicted and I'll go home, okay, I'm going to read my Bible through in a year. And I would get to day two. <laughs> and then I would fall into self-condemnation and shame and guilt and all those things. Look, just dust yourself off, get back up, and try again. There's no condemnation. We're all right, we talked about Romans 8 earlier. There's no condemnation of those who are in Christ. We just got to keep getting up. We got to choose to grow, right? So we got to move. We got to choose to move. Go ahead and bow your heads. I felt with all my heart, and we had a handful in the first service. And there's some of you that have been exploring God, or maybe you've been close to Him, but you're far from Him now. And when I was talking about Felix, especially, it just kind of hit you deep in your heart. It's a truth. Today is a divine appointment for you. You were set up by the Holy Spirit today. And what I'm talking about today is a real, active, life-giving relationship with a very real God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. And if, that, if that's you today and you've been putting it off and you've been saying, not today. I'll, I'll hear it again. I'll come back again. We don't know. Jesus could come back before I finish this message. We just don't know. And I don't say that to try to manipulate you. Please hear me. I just want to convey God's sense of urgency for you because he wants you home. And so if that's you, and you just want me to pray for you where you stand, you say, ah, Pastor Mark, that's me. I've been putting it off. 
and I put it off too long. I don't want to be like Felix and miss my opportunity. Just raise your hand where I can see it. I'll pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Give you just a moment more. If that's you, and you're a master procrastinator like me, put your hand up. Let me pray for you. Yeah. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray something like this with me. Jesus, I'm sorry for my mistakes. I repent of my sins. I pray that you would wash me clean in the blood that you gave for me on that cross. If I would have been the only one that could be saved, you would have done it for me. So I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, and my very best friend. And commit to try my best to walk with you every day from here forward in your grace, by your grace, in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, my challenge to you is, is to take a next step. And there's a whole lot of them. We talked a lot today about God's word. It's just a commitment that you have to make. It's something you have to decide. It's, it's up to you. What's tomorrow gonna look like? getting up and reading my Bible and just spending a few minutes listening to what the Holy Spirit says about it. He'll teach you. He'll show you. It's not magical. Like, none of us get a special deal. Like, I don't get a special deal because I'm a pastor. Like, I don't get a hotline, you know, number that I get to call. It literally is just, I have learned to discipline myself because I want to spend time with Him. I want to hear what He's got to say about my life. So, Take a step. If it's, we have baptisms the very last week of this series on November the 8th. If you want to make a fresh declaration to the Lord, or maybe for the very first time, you want to put that old man under and you want to come up and you want to set your course differently from this day forward, we're going to celebrate those in service together. Maybe it's that you need to join a life group. It's another great place to get the word in you with other people that care about you, that can sharpen you, that can encourage you, that can spur you on to grow. Life is better in a group. Trust me. Amen. Those are all my life group coaches. (laughs) But make a step. Whatever it is, join a serve team. But do something. Let's move. Amen. All right. God, I bless this amazing group of people. I pray your Holy Spirit will be with them every moment of their day today and beyond. I pray this message would sink deep in our hearts, Father, spur us on to grow in relationship to you every single day to take a step closer. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. 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 Do you receive God's word today? Let's give him one more praise. Hey, prayer team, if you're here, you can come on down. If you need prayer for anything, but especially if you raised your hand, I want you to come down. Otherwise, be very careful and safe this week. We love you guys. We will see you here next week. Don't miss it.